0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today on the podcast... Trent Meacham, former Illini, current Big Ten Network analyst, joins us to talk everything Illinois basketball, crazy college basketball offseason. And he does a fantastic job. I was blown away. And I, I don't use that lightly, and I'm, I'm trying not to be biased here because uh, I covered Trent in college when we were in college together. Uh, and I was at the Daily Line Eye, and he was a player. Uh, and I've known him ever since. He came on the radio show uh, when you know after his playing career overseas, which he had a great playing career overseas. Um, so I'm rooting for the guy, and I want to say he's good but he is objectively really good on BTN. You know, they brought in a lot of guys uh, to the the studio shows here recently and, And I think Trent is as good as as any of them. I think Jay Layman uh, deserves to be in a higher rank um, for the BTM broadcast, but I think they need to keep putting Trent Meacham in those studio shows because he's very, very good uh, at what he does. And he proved it again today on the podcast. We talk about everything Illinois offseason because I know you guys can't get enough of it. uh, And as we're in a little lull waiting for the next wave of transfers to potentially make decisions, NBA draft guys to make decisions, Um, Trent did a great job of kind of previewing what Illinois basketball could play like next year, what they could look like, what he expects out of the returners, what he expects out of the freshmen, um, and what he thinks of some potential transfer targets for Illinois. And towards the end of our conversation, we talk about guys who could come back in the Big Ten and really sway things about who we think could be the best teams in the Big Ten, whether Max Christie comes back to Michigan State or, you know, Musa Diabate or Caleb Houston come back uh, to Michigan or Chris Murray with Iowa and Trace Jackson Davis for Indiana. So we talk about all of that. We talk about Kofi Coburn going pro and what that means for the Illini as well. And we talk about transfer portal stuff because trent was a transfer before the portal before the immediate eligibility but he transferred from Dayton, so i just asked him what he thinks of all this movement and all these things converging nil transfer portal immediate eligibility all converging at the same time so had a fantastic conversation with trent meacham and why delay here's trent meacham talking illinois hoops on the alana inquire podcast We're happy to have on the Olineanquire podcast a friend of the show, and that's uh, Trent Meacham, former Oline, part of Big Ten Network. And, and Trent, I got to say, man, you're natural. Uh, I, I thought you did a great job this year. What was that experience like?
1: I was not a natural three years ago when I started on the Jeremy Werner show. So you know, I I got some experience with you, and it, and it was it was just it's fun to stay involved with the game. Um, it was kind of a different different for me being on TV, being in the studio, do, doing some games. But great people to work with. The Big Ten Conference, it's it's fun to cover. I enjoyed kind of being able to cover every team somewhat objectively. I, I really kind of enj- enjoyed that, you know, the different coaches, different athletes. So it was a great experience. I learned a lot, had a lot of fun, and, you know, plan on doing it again next year. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: I think I think the regular season of the Big Ten, the, the postseason of the Big Ten tournament, it, it's so much fun. like it, the Big Ten has been so deep here, Trent but like it doesn't parlay into NCAA tournament success here recently. Like, do you have a reason for that? like it, do you have any ideas or any theories of, of why it's not translated because man, there's so many wars uh, during the regular season, so many teams that look great during the regular season just hasn't uh, led to tournament success.
1: Yeah, great question. I, I think the, the most obvious one to me is lack of elite talent. Uh, I just, there just hasn't been been that in the Big Ten. I mean, you look at Illinois, look at our school. I mean, you have one NBA player, really, in, in Io DeSumo. Over the past decade or so, Malcolm Hills had a cup of tea. You know, obviously Myers-Leonard has some time there, Brandon Paul. But really one guy that I think is going to stay – and have a long career. Right now, I think that's changing with the talent in Illinois, but across the board, if you take away, Michigan State's had some guys. Michigan's had some guys. The talent just hasn't been there. And I think there's also been there's been some misfortune. There's been some teams that I think had the ability to make runs. Illinois, two years ago, I think for sure. I thought Iowa this year had the make of a team that could make a run. Sometimes it's just catching. You have a bad day. You catch the, the right team at the wrong time, and you could be out quick. That's the beauty and the uh what's so tough about the NCAA tournament. Um, I also think that some of the Big Ten teams haven't been able to adjust as well. And you, I think you have to be able to play in different styles and win different ways. When you think about those teams, those guys that, that can guard multiple, multiple positions that are versatile players, I know Illinois, we have not had that. Right. And we've guarded pick and rolls one way and one way only the last three years with Kofi. I think you have to be able to adjust, adapt. Illinois hasn't done that. I don't think other schools, I don't think Purdue did that great this year with all their talent. And to me, lack of elite talent and a lack of um, kind of the ability to adjust and be versatile the big 10 hasn't quite been there like other leagues, but there's also just been some, some misfortune.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering, do you think that's a, a versatility talent problem or, or is that a coaching adjustment issue? Cause you are recruiting to beat the big 10 teams, right? And if you're playing Zach Eady and Hunter Dickinson, you kind of want a big guy there that can kind of battle with him or a Kofi Coburn. Right. Um, but then it also kind of limits you in that versatility. Um, so I, Underwood seems like he's going to change that, and he's and he's out of his. He's going his way to to change that now. So I'm wondering if it's like, hey, do you have to recruit towards the NCAA tournament and not the regular season? But I, I think regular season titles and conference champions, those things matter too.
1: Yes, the, the the regular season conference that matters a lot. I don't buy this argument that I've heard for years, maybe decades that. The Big Ten is this battering league. You got to be big. You got to be bruising. Other leagues are too. The Big 12 very physical as well. Maybe not the SEC or Pac 12 quite as much, but look at Iowa's team this year. Yeah. Very finesse um, oriented. Nobody that was real strong. You take out maybe their point, Joe Tucson, who was kind of a, a bully of a point guard. They didn't have that physical presence inside at all. And they they the last two months, I mean, the run that they went on, then through the Big Ten tournament, they showed you can win without that. Look at Illinois' best team since, you know, in the last 40 years or whatever it's been, 2004, 2005. They were not a big physical right. team. I look at college basketball, and I said lack of elite talent for Big Ten, but I'd say also guard play. Mm-hmm. Um, so those versatile players, but at the guard play, this is a guards game. The Big Ten has been loaded with good big men if you can get those guys great they're they're going to have some value especially in college basketball when I when I think of guard play Villanova's been at the forefront they were doing this even before their their most recent one they they had a four guard lineup back in early 2000s with guys like Alan Ray Randy Foy Kyle Lowry uh you know they kind of set the precedent I thought I thought Illinois in 2004 2005 you know really you know with that three guard lineup was terrific but uh, I, I think that's a real key for success. Big 10 NCAA tournament, whatever conference you're in, I think that's the way that basketball is. Skill, making shots, speed. And if you got bigs that you can throw in there that, that can do some things, awesome. I mean, Kofi was a generational player at Illinois. But that's the way that basketball has gone. College basketball has always been a little bit behind uh, I'd say more than a little bit I would say a, a good few steps behind the NBA behind international basketball I think that's starting to um, become more apparent the need for skill play multiple small guards at once you know who cares right. if they can play if they can make create make plays for themselves and others I think that's that's how you win games
0: I want to circle back to this. So those listening, I'll get back to this and how it pertains to Illinois. But I want to get your thoughts here, Trent. Big picture, because there is no such thing as an offseason anymore. With the transfer portal, NIL, one-time transfer, it's all coming together at the same time and is disrupting college basketball. I think that that's fair to say. Whether it's a good thing, bad thing, there are probably both sides of this. But you are a transfer, so, so I'm interested to get your thoughts on this kind of new age of player movement, player empowerment, and just uh, this crazy off season of, of roster overhauls for everybody basically.
1: Yeah, maybe I, I was a transfer, so maybe I, you know, <laughs> I can't talk with quite the, um, I got a bias there, maybe. Uh, you know, we always want to say something's 100% good, 100% bad, and that's whether it's basketball, politics, whatever, like there's a lot of nuance to everything. And I'm for the ability for players to be able to move and go where they want. And you're talking about young people. You're talking about what's the goal of college and to get an education, to grow, to be able to uh, be a a positive contributor to a society. And um, but it doesn't seem like what's going on now is best for the game, best for players. I don't know the the right answer. Um, this is a, a year round thing. I mean, it's 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 crazy. Uh, but I think those who uh, embrace it, those who you know take it for what it is and and make the most of it. And there's there's some good in it from the standpoint of Jeremy. Coaches are coaches. Got to be more accountable now. Yeah. Coaches for a long long time they could say whatever they want. They could do whatever they want. And they could push certain players out of the program when they wanted to and and that's kind of the nature that's been the nature of the beast now players have a lot more leverage and i think for the most part that's good but i would hope that we're able to get up to a point where there's maybe a little bit more balance because i think players don't have any there's really nothing holding them back and they can kind of on a whim just leave and there's no repercussions and so i don't know if there's a solution i don't know if if uh, and I don't want to go off on different things here, Jeremy, but you know, yeah. if it's employer employee relationships, if it's different types of contracts that can maybe have a balance of power. Look, I don't, I don't think college athletics is going anywhere. I don't think that's going to change the game. In fact, there's more to talk about right now, right? We're in late May or early May and, and we're talking about, there's a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, but I would, I would like to see a more balance of power between the coaches and institutions and the athlete students.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Trent. I don't think anybody can really argue with players being able to move freely because coaches can move freely, right? I I think they should have the freedom to make mistakes, right? And, but, in,
1: yeah, and, and in most sports, they could already do that, right? There's only a handful of sports where they couldn't transfer up until recently.
0: Correct, yeah. So it was like the basketball is football, and I think baseball were the only ones you had to, to sit out, and it's clear because it's money. And the coaches are struggling with a lack of power because, as you've said, they've always had – the upper hand so much so um but now is it balanced out of balance because the players have so much I don't know I don't know what the right answers are but I do think it's a problem when 40 percent of guys are entering the transfer portal and not finding a home like I, I think Agreed. the education of the players need to get caught up to that and maybe it balances each other out maybe it doesn't but I, I don't have the answers for it either but I do think at some point does, does it swing back um, but I, I'm with you. I don't have the answers for what those things are. I thought Josh Whitman's idea of, you know, hey, when you sign with a school, you got to be there for two years. You can still transfer. But if you're there for two years, you can transfer freely. I think that would have been a great idea originally. But I don't think the genie's going back in the bottle. I, I don't think it's going to go back that way. I think it's going to be really hard to do that.
1: Yeah, I, I like that approach. I Look, I transferred after my freshman year. I had to sit out a year, though. I do like that. I think. Probably in 80% of the situations most kids would be better off staying put sticking with what you where you're at fighting through whatever adversity I think most kids would be better uh, with that but uh, look there's a lot of a lot of times where they're better off transferring yeah. and, and getting to a new place new scenery look you're making a decision as a young young person and then uh, to be you know to not be allowed to change your mind when, Many other students do this too many other non non athlete students they transfer all the time. We have no problem with that if that was my son, my daughter and for some reason I think from from the outside, all we just think about is basketball, but there's so many more things that go into it and you want to give them the opportunity to transfer uh, to go to a new place if that's what's best for them but I, I think sadly there's a lot of other voices there's a lot of other characters in some of these young people's ears and maybe overpromising things that aren't going to happen and that's just where you you hope that these young people have the, the the education the knowledge the the right influence as they make these decisions and you know again i'll get back to it, though jeremy i think coaches now for so long is always about me and my program and i think the coaches that hey i want to help you achieve your goals what's yeah. important to you and that's like any leader in any business, anything. The, the coaches, the leaders that do that the best, their product, their company, their team, I think will benefit from that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the coaches are held accountable. I think you said that uh, very, very well, Trent. All right. So from Illinois' perspective, Curbelo, Bossman, Verdonk, Omar Payne, Pajemski, all gone. But they do get back, Coleman Hawkins, R.J. Melendez, Luke Goody, Brandon Lieb, and, and a guy we haven't seen yet, Dane Danger. Um, what do you think of that core group of five? And, and what are your kind of expectations, especially for the guys, Hawkins, Melendez, Goody, that, that we expect to play a huge role uh, that are returning?
1: I'm laughing. That's not a core group, Jerry. <laughs> it's, 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 it's as good of a core group as
0: uh, a lot of Big it's, Ten teams.
1: It's, it's, I'm so excited about this next season because this, this group is going to look so different. I've been high on Coleman Hawkins for a long time. Does he put it together? I don't know. But I think he's, he, he's got NBA potential. Doesn't mean he's going to be an all-Big Ten player. Doesn't mean he's going to play at the next level. But he has the tools uh, to get there. And I think to do some really exciting things.
0: How does he I get there? Our- uh, you, you said NBA. I, I agree with you. Uh, he always reminds me of DJ Wilson. Um, you know, Just kind of the, the skill set. But how does he get there now?
1: Well, I think consistency is the biggest thing for him consistency and and keeping it simple. You know, he's got the ability to, I think, do more, but he's not quite there yet. He doesn't have quite have the level of uh, skill to, to pull it off quite yet. And when he keeps things simple, when it's one shot fake, one, two dribbles, you know, to the rim, but when he veers from that, at least the past couple of years, typically he hasn't gone well. And, and sometimes he'll convert on a, a tough play and it's like, wow, look what he can do, but he's not able to do that consistently. And that's, I think for most young players, consistency is the biggest thing and everybody loves potential but coaches they're going to want to see consistency consistency can you consistently you know knock down shots can you consistently be in the right place at the right time on defense and he plays with great energy he's got the skill I think he's got the um, just beyond the skill I think the the awareness and the intellect to to take some big strides so I'm excited about Coleman Hawkins he you know but it's it's, it's plain simple for him you mentioned these other guys. I think R.J. Melendez is another one that could take a big leap. I mean, he showed some flashes with his athleticism, his ability to spread the floor, and then his just his um, – I think he's got a, a an, an awareness to him, a um, the instincts to him that he's going to be a really valuable piece, two-way player. Luke Goody knocks down shots. I'm really intrigued with Dane Danger. Uh, I, I haven't been able to really see him play. I know I've heard some good things about him, but look – we've had this team that's been anchored by kofi that's been really good i mean really good and kofi was so dominant and this team is going to look so different and i think dane danger is this guy that can be a creator from this five spot that can put the ball on the floor that can make passes that's not going to be quite that bully that that kofi was but a completely different player that i tell you what it, it could be a very exciting and kind of a, a new age type of basketball but it's you know, I haven't been able to see them work out like I like to. And then it's a whole nother thing when it's the lights are on. There's only five guys on the court. Who are these inexperienced guards and how do they um, run the show and set the table? But it's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun kind of uh, learning more about this team.
0: I don't think there's ever been a larger security blanket, in Illinois basketball history than Kofi Coburn. Like you totally. trot him out there, you're going to win 20 games. I-
1: yes. And he's, ex- you know, so he, um, has, has allowed this this group the past couple of years to not be ex- their lack of athleticism their lack of size hasn't been quite as exposed like it was like it would have been yeah. because of how physically dominant he was if you look at our teams small had some quickness but but not very big not very physical after Kofi Coburn and now you know I mentioned the skill with Dane Danger, Coleman Hawkins this is a team you, you throw in Terrence Shannon uh, you throw in Ty Rogers where you're going to have some big physical athletic wings versatile players what we have not had so it's it's going to be really interesting uh without the big fella I think we have other pieces that um are going to be able to bring some you know rebounding physicality uh defense that's just it'll be a different look in so many ways than what we're used to
0: yeah because like Kofi if he would have came back like hey you're better off for him coming back but there's also an excitement trend of something new something different and you know there's a bunch of talent right like no matter what you think of the rankings you can watch these guys whether it's ty rogers or terrence shannon and like there's a length athleticism that we haven't seen before so i think this is going to be a journey it's going to have some ups and downs but i also think this could be one of the more entertaining teams like style of play we've seen how do you expect brad to to kind of play and not not knowing all the pieces yet i mean they're probably gonna add another front court but with Terrence Shannon here, with Ty Rogers, with with a, uh, I I want to ask you about freshman guards coming up, but um, some freshman guards, like how do you expect them to play?
1: Uh that's a that's a great question. And and, and I really don't know beyond I, I would expect um even more, you know, we, we've done a lot of four out one in with Kofi, and he's sprinting out for ball screens, rim rim runs. I would expect a lot to a lot more to be run through the bigs because we have uh, I, I'm high on these guards, or at least I expect a lot of these guards, but I think Terrence Shannon's going to have the ball in his hands. I think um, Dane Danger, and if Coleman Hawkins, I, I talked about keeping it simple, but I think those two guys have the potential to, for offense to be run through them. And if you watch the NBA, look, you know, the the, the center position, they have the ball in their hands and have to make plays on ball reversals, on, on uh, ball screens, short short rolls, you know, and I think Dane Dange is going to have the ball in his hands a lot. So offensively, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be um, less, obviously, four-round one, and I think more five-out spacing and multiple guys with the ball in their hands that can create. I even think some of these guards might be better creators than what we've had. Hmm. Um, and I don't – maybe throwing out Io, but, but Trent Frazier was so tough, could make shots – but in terms of creating for other players, I think with Jaden Epps and Sky Clark, it's going to be fun. Now they're inexperienced, right. so um, there's a lot of question marks there. But offensively, it, it should be a fun group to watch. And defensively is maybe where I'm most intrigued because there's the town is clear offensively, and uh, but defensively they're going to be able to switch a lot more. Um, I think they're not. We're not just going to see a drop coverage. You know, ninety-eight percent of the time, I think we'll use that some of the time. But I would expect for whether it's Coleman Hawkins, Dane Danger, um, we get another experience big to be out on the floor, switching. Uh, you, you have these wings that are versatile, so I, I think we're going to be able to do some different things defensively, and that's really that's probably what I'm most uh, intrigued with watching.
0: I mean, what's the impact of that, Trent? Like, I, I, you, is it just being versatile? Like, one game you can have this game plan, one game you can have a different game plan, or or what? What is the impact of? of having switchability versatility
1: it makes individuals beat you if you can run your offense if you can set screens to create an advantage if you switch it there's no advantage now obviously teams will will will, will ghost ball screens they'll slip screens they'll screen their own man teams will do different things to create an advantage but if you're switching now all of a sudden what well, well you know okay Terrence Shan's guard me okay now it's Coleman Hawkins you know everybody can move their feet can defend you're not coming off a screen and forcing two players to guard that that person. Um, now you're able to stay home. Now you're relying on someone to to break you down one on one, make shots over you. And at the college level, there's not many guys that do that consistently um, that are going to beat you. And when I look at teams that that advance in the tournament, or you look at you know, I loved how Villanova has played over the years. A lot of guys that are versatile, that can switch. Um, And again, you just don't give up those advantages and force one-on-one actions.
0: Yeah. I saw it with Houston uh, as well.
1: Houston was terrific at that. Um,
0: Yeah. Two top 50 guards coming in. Uh, sincere Harrison, another four star kid, uh, but no league guards with college experience. We'll see if they had a transfer, but I, Brad seems to be going with these young guns and, and Hey, when you got Jaden Epps and, and sky Clark, you you might want to do that, but you were with a talented freshman guard, Demetri McCamey. I mean, early on struggled a little bit, but towards the end of the season was one of your better players. Um, What's it like for a freshman guard? Like, what is what should the expectation be? Even if they are really, really talented.
1: A couple of things before I get to that. One, you mentioned Dimitri, and he was a different player in early March than he was in November. I mean, completely different player. They're going to go through a lot of growth over that the the course of the year. Um, but also thinking if if Elmer were to to bring in, say, a transfer, a guy that's produced at you know, at, a, at, a, at with with great numbers at a mid-major level or at the high major level, that's your, when you talk about recruiting. And, and are you recruiting over a five star kid? And there's a lot of different dynamics that Coach Underwood and staff do take a kid if he can really help you. But what, what does that do to some of the other yeah. dynamics in the locker room? There's just a lot of stuff that coaches now have to consider that you know really wasn't on the table so much um, in years past. Uh, but for these freshman guards. Look, I, um, I think there's few, few guys that come in and it's like night in, night out. They're going to be rock solid. They're going to be able to produce at a high level. You just rarely see that. I look at, you know, Michigan had, I think, Frankie Collins and Kobe Buffkin last year. Might have been somewhat similar in rankings. Mm-hmm. I was really high on, on Frankie Collins. I thought he should have played more, came on pretty well at the end. I mean, I know he's gone, but I think he's ready to take a big leap in his sophomore year. Um, Again, every every player is different, but I just look at. There's very few freshman guards that come and it's like, wow, this guy's a stud. This guy's one of the best players in the league. Doesn't mean it can't happen. Um, And I think here's the beauty of Sky Clark, Jaden Epps. Those two, in particular, when I just look at their skill level, I think they're going to have the opportunity. And for a young player, the most important thing isn't yes practice, but it's actually being there under the lights in game action having those live reps and not having that short leash where you make a turnover, you miss a few shots, all of a sudden you're out, having a leash to go out there and make, make mistakes and have to create and have to make plays and have to stay in the game when you're struggling, when your team's struggling, Sky Clark, Jay Nepps, I think they will have those opportunities and I would expect a little bit of a bumpy ride, but I think there's the skill there and enough other pieces to take some of that load off their shoulder in terms of having to create and make plays for the team that I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic about them having very good freshman years. I just would not expect a, maybe a smooth freshman year
0: yeah i'm just bringing this guy up as an example i'm not saying they're going to be a first round pick but malachi brandham's first 10 games six points a game shot 38 percent struggled against xavier for to duke uh but by the end of the year pretty dang good frankie Great collins example. yeah frankie collins is a guy i, I think it's a big loss for them because i think he could be really good but they brought in a transfer and he didn't get to kind of go through those things so that's, that's a good comp there uh terrence shannon uh, is obviously a, a big addition, and it seems like they're trying to add another one here. One guy we're pretty familiar with, you are too, Trent, with with Pete Nance at Northwestern entering the draft, also in the transfer portal. And Matthew Meyer, same thing, enters the draft but also enters the transfer portal. Um, either of those guys would seem to, to to make a big impact. But not only the prep thing, they're, they're adding talent here in the, in the transfer portal, Trent.
1: Well, you got to, right? You got to add talent. I tell you what, those two guys are – Oozing with talent. Matthew Meyer, I think, is is first round talent. D- does he get there? I don't know. Um, I actually I missed him, but I was up in Chicago with um, priority sports agency. Pete Nance is working up out there. I was there last week, and you know, the the Murray, Keegan, and Chris Murray were up there and, and just watching those guys work out. I, I did talk to Pete Nance, and <laughs> um, you know, I don't know, Pete doesn't he doesn't know me, but we were chatting and I was just asking about Illinois. And he said, Man. I haven't heard from one coach. I haven't talked to one coach at Illinois. So I hear a lot of these rumors and look, he could have just told me that he could yeah. have because he doesn't want to give anything away, but he was just like, come on. I haven't heard from one coach at this point. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't know. Um, I know he wants to be in the NBA next year. And I think he's potentially an NBA player. I think he could have a long NBA career, but um, does he get there this year? I don't know. Uh, would he look good at Illinois? I think so. Uh, I think him and Coleman Hawkins have a lot of similarities, but but also if you're – you know, I think Coleman Hawkins might have a higher ceiling. I think he's a little bit of a better athlete. I think he plays with a little bit more of an edge to him. He's not as skilled as Pete Nance is quite yet or or mature in his game. And so if I'm Pete Nance, if you come to Illinois and, and Dane Danger's is kind of this, this X factor that I look like, like I think he could be a great player. Yeah. And if I'm Pete Nance, I'm probably going – if I'm staying in college – I'm going to somewhere where I'm going to play 25, 30 minutes a night. I don't know if that's available at Illinois. So um, that's my inside scoop that might not be inside at all because, again, Pete could have just been telling me BS because – he doesn't want to give away anything right. away, right. but I'm just telling you. He told me he hadn't talked to one coach. That was
0: a week ago. So. Yeah, tampering doesn't happen at, at all in college basketball these days. You don't think 25 minutes for Pete Nance? I, I think Dane Danger goes 15. You know, 10, 15. Like that'd be a good thing. I think. I, th- if, I, I right? think
1: so. I, I I think he would get 25 minutes, but yeah. um, here's the: if if I'm a young player and I want to play in the NBA, I'm looking at opportunity to ball. I'm not yeah. looking at in more so than, you know, is this team going to do this or do that? I think the best thing for young people's development is, is where are they actually going to have the opportunity to get reps, to get minutes, to play? And yes, I, I think he would get that at Illinois, but I, you know, Dane Danger is such an X factor to me. I don't know if he's a 25 minute type of guy that's going to, yeah. you know, do all sorts of things. And Coleman Hawkins is a very comparable player to Pete Nance um who's not quite as good as him yet but i do think has a little bit of a higher upside because of his edge that he plays with his motor that he plays with so who knows jeremy yeah. <laughs> who knows but but hey that would be a luxury that would be a great wow. luxury to have that experience and have that skill come in and you talk about length and and the ability to spread the floor i mean it'd be it'd be
0: terrific predicting the big 10 is so difficult right now like i i thought michigan could be this powerhouse coming back right with, with dickinson and but then Houston and Diabate both could stick in the draft here. Iowa, I'm high on, even with Keegan Murray going, because I think Chris Murray could be great. But he could go to the draft, right, Chris, because he's so intriguing. Maybe I'll do this with you. Should they come back or not? Chris Murray, do you think he should come back or not?
1: I think he'll get drafted if he goes. Yeah. I think if he comes back, he's he's. Um, I don't think he duplicates Keegan's season from last year. But I think he's an all-Big Ten player, first or second yeah. team. Um, you look at his numbers. I mean, I thought he should have played more last year. He only played like 18 minutes a night. Right. I mean, he should have played 25 minutes. Um, but, you know, that's that's a tough call because I think he gets drafted, but he also has the opportunity if he comes back um, to really take a step up these draft boards. And here's two. We talk about NIL. Uh, maybe that is appealing to some of these players that are fringe players. Hey, I can come back and start earning some money for some guys and I don't think Chris is in that category, but Oscar Shibway, you know, some of these guys are probably their, their most lucrative um, years in basketball <laughs> might be in college. So some of this might be keeping some of these players, some of this talent in school, which is a great thing.
0: How about Houston and Diabate? What do you think of their decisions?
1: Um, I'm a big fan of, of, of Musa Diabate. Too. I was from the very beginning of the season. I love his swagger, his energy to, that he plays with. I think, again, I think he's a, He's first-team All-Big all, all Big Ten good if he comes back. Uh, he, Caleb Houston's got to show me more. Um, I think he has the potential, um, but but he's got to show me a bit more. Uh, I, I don't know where he's at on the draft boards. I know he was lottery pick at one point, but uh, I think he would benefit from coming back.
0: Max Christie's an interesting one because some guys still have him late first, but he's a guy that I feel like – if he came back, could be one of the best players in the Big Ten. Like, if he came back, I would have Michigan State, you know, one of my top three or four teams. And I think he could be top 15, potentially, or maybe a lottery next year. What do you think about his decision?
1: Well, I think, and I look at Max Christie and some of these other guys we talked about, the opportunity to be the man is yeah. is huge. And I look at it when you see some of these high school players reclassifying, going to college early, and you might say, oh, they're going to play against better competition, they'll get better coaching. I think for a young person's development, if you're the guy and you're taking 15 shots a night and you got everything on your shoulders and you have to to play with the swagger and you develop confidence, I think for most players, that's really good for their development. And I would look at Max Christie as being that person who was kind of a, he was kind of a role player, has talent, has the length, um, but hasn't, he hasn't shown me enough yet. And I think coming back another year, If he takes it up another level uh, because he is that guy that they're looking to, um, could have a great year. Now, I do think – I'll say Michigan State. I think their point guard play, I think, is a real strength. That's um, That's been kind of talked negatively about, and I think those two guys, Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogard, they're both back, I believe. I thought at the end of the year last year, Those were their their go-to guys, and I think they're going to be really good uh, because of that tandem, and I would love to see them play together more.
0: Yeah, no, I think they could be really, really good, especially if Christie comes back. All right, last one, I think Trace Jackson Davis. Um, He's a guy that, like I watched Arkansas and Jalen Williams, and I go, if Trace Jackson Davis were in that role, I think people would love him, but people are expecting him to be the man all the time. I just don't think he's always had the best talent around him, but he's got an interesting decision too.
1: Yes, he does. Um, in some ways, I've been almost disappointed in his lack of development from yes. a skill perspective. When you look at him contrasted with like an EJ Liddell, but TJD, he's from athletic from an athlete standpoint. I mean, might be the might have been the best athlete in the Big Ten. I mean, how quick he is off the floor, um, and I think if he can develop his skill, not even out, he's got to be able to shoot 15 feet. Doesn't have to shoot threes, but if he can shoot from 15 feet. Put the ball on the floor a little bit. I mean, he could be a menace, college basketball or the NBA, because of his, uh, you know, maybe a, a little bit of a improved Brian Randall. Brian, B Randall's my guy, but kind of that similar uh, type of, of player and athlete, but a little bit, I think, a little bit stronger um, than 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 B Randall was, and that's saying a lot. I think TJD has the ability to be an NBA player. I've seen him higher than I expected on yeah. some things. I didn't know if he was an NBA player because of his lack of skill, but. I think he's such an intriguing athlete, so good on the defensive end, and if he can improve in a few areas. And it would just help if he could have some shooters around him. I mean, they haven't yeah. been able to shoot the ball. And if if he had that, I think if he could step out and, and go up the bounce a little bit, he's going to be a beast, you know, next year in, in, in college basketball if he's back.
0: Did you have Brian as potential future NBA head coach material when you were playing with him? Like, I, I don't know if I saw that in his, his future.
1: Oh, there's a few things there. One, I would say, first and foremost, Brian's, um, when you think of the character of, of someone, I mean, he's just a, such a, a high character, honorable man. I mean, someone that I just, I, I, you know, I have a ton of respect for. And so that's the most important thing. And I think sometimes, too, we th- we look at the college coaches and they're just ranting and raving and screaming. And most good NBA coaches aren't that way. Yeah. You don't do that with, with, with pros. You don't do that with grown men. You don't do that over 100 games in a year. And... I think his ability to work under Monty Williams who there's some similarities there. I think there's not a better place for, for Brian. So um, I did not see him (laughs) as an NBA coach. I really didn't, but uh, he was a good player, had a very good career overseas, you know, has been through a lot with injuries and that. And so I'm just, I'm thrilled for him and he's just in a terrific situation with Phoenix.
0: Yeah. He always had this, when I was covering you guys, he always had this like, kind of professor-like quality to him. He was always yeah. very – he's kind of Jacob Grandison-like in that they were careful with what they said, but they said a lot when they said something. Yeah. And, and it always carried weight that way. But Trent meet you, man, uh, appreciate the time. As always, it's a crazy off season. It is fun. Like, this does make for some entertainment uh, in the off season. But uh, great insight as always, and keep up the great work with BTN, man.
1: Thanks, Jeremy. You too.
0: Great stuff from Trent Meacham. You can watch him on Big Ten Network during the basketball seasons. And, of course, you can follow him on Twitter as well, at Trent Meacham. All right, I am heading on vacation, a much-needed vacation. I know the offseason is continuing, uh, but the offseason is not the offseason for us anymore, of course, because of all the transfer portal stuff. But I'm going to do my best to disconnect. And spend a week with my family, not worrying too much about everything going on with Illinois basketball. But don't worry, you are covered at Illini Enquirer because Joey Wagner is here, of course, and Derek Piper making his way back from paternity leave. So they'll have you covered with everything on the set. Of course, Trevor Felice uh, pitching in as well. And they do have a podcast set up and a very, very good one uh, for the week next week that you are going to want to listen to and we'll see if they want to do any more if there's any reaction pods that they have to do at some point during the next couple weeks but i think uh closer to the draft closer to the draft deadline june 1st that's when we could get some news but of course when one of us goes on vacation news always seems to happen but i will hopefully come back refreshed though i don't know if that's going to be the case because i'm going to disney with a five-year-old and a three-year-old in 90 degree weather Uh, in my ginger skin. I I don't know if that's going to hold up too well. I'll probably need another vacation after that uh, without the kids. But, hey, it's going to be a blast. It's going to make a lot of memories down there. And I do have the in-laws coming with so they can can help us with all of that and and give us a break maybe every once in a while. But uh, trying to do my best to get away from everything, reset a little bit, and then really – uh, with the draft deadline coming up. And, of course, Illinois football, with all the official visits they're going to have in early June, will hopefully be refreshed, ready to go for all of that. But we will still have you covered on the Line Inquirer podcast with Joey, Trevor, and Derek doing their thing, and we'll have everything at the site at IlliniInquire.com. And we got plenty of content coming up on our YouTube page, including a lot of Illinois basketball content, so subscribe to us there as well. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts, give us a rating or review, take 10 seconds out of your day to do that, that would really be appreciated, and we appreciate all the support on all of our channels, all the ways you can hear us, listen to us, read us, we appreciate you guys. So take care of each other, have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time, right here on the Illini Inquire podcast.